property yeah. user. Can Who you see this? Yeah. Can you see this uh, slide? Can anybody do Or am I muted? Yes, you're all good. Audio, video. Oh, okay, all right, sounds good. Hey, thank you so much, uh, Haryom. And um, you're welcome to this um, you know, uh, presentation on Srimad Bhagavatam. I think uh, we're moving into this territory today. And I'm so happy to you know, share uh, my learnings of what I've read of the Avaduta Gita in the last few days. Uh, just to start, uh, Srimad Bhagavatam is actually the 18th Purana of Sage Vedavyas. Okay? Vedavyas apparently wrote um, you know, 17 Puranas earlier, and he wasn't very happy. And he felt there was something that was incomplete. And Narada approaches him and tells him to write uh, about uh, the Lord Krishna's uh, journey. And uh, then came the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is now the 18th Purana, after which it is said that Vedavyasa felt completely contented. Now, Srimad Bhagavatam, um, I'll just start with this verse, um, you know, a small prayer. And um, it goes like this. Nigamakalpadaror galitam palam sukamukadamritadhravasam yutam divata bhagavatam rasamalayam muhuraho rasika bhuvibhavukaha The picture that you see here is of uh, Seth Sukha. Uh, he is the son of uh, Vedavyas, and he is narrating Srimad Bhagavatam to King Parikshit. Okay, and uh, this particular verse which I recited is just telling you that you know how fortunate we are as souls to hear you know uh, Shukadeva talk about the Srimad Bhagavad Gita, which is the story of the Lord, and it is like the you know the Bhagavatam is like the luscious fruit of the Vedas. So Srimad Bhagavatam is equated to the you know uh, fruit of the Vedas. It is immortal sweet and it includes all types of liberation okay. now as we move into Srimad Bhagavatam in the 11th canto Bhagavatam has 12 cantos it's got 18,000 verses and uh, in the 11th canto is when actually uh, there is a reference to Uddhava Gita now Uddhava Gita is the last message of Kri Krishna before the end of his avatar and he happens to deliver this message to Uddhava who's not only related to him, but also a great friend and a wonderful devotee. Okay. Now, in the first section of the Uddhava Gita, we have what is called the Avaduta Gita. So, Uddhava Gita has three Gitas embedded in it. One Gita is the section one is Avaduta Gita. Then, after you go forward, after some more chapters, you get what is called the Hamsa Gita. And then you have something called the Bhikshu Gita. Okay. So, three Gitas are embedded within the Uddhava Gita, which is a part of Srimad Bhagavadam. I've taken references from uh, three Swamiji's here, Ramakrishnananda of Chinvya Mission and Madhavananda and Prabhavananda of Sri Ramakrishna Mission. Okay, uh, a very quick introduction. Um, just before we get into Avaduta Gita, uh, let's just understand who is an Avaduta. Avaduta is actually a Jeevan Mukta. He's a self-realized soul and who actually roams around you know, the world okay, and uh, takes the role of a guru uh, to lead people into liberation. Okay, So he is an Avaduta. Uh, Dattatreya is an Avaduta, and uh, you are seeing the picture of Dattatreya here. You have those um, four dogs by the side, which is signifying the four Vedas, and he's an incarnation of Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. Okay. Now, if you look at Avaduta Gita, there are two Gitas, you know, Avaduta Gitas that is actually being, uh, you know, talked about. The first Avaduta Gita is, uh, you know, um, the 
rendition of Lord Dattatreya itself to two disciples called Swami and Kartika. And it is coming in eight uh, chapters and 289 shlokas. And it is ex regarded as one of the greatest, you know, uh, works on Advaita Vedanta. Okay. Um, that is definitely a very high order philosophy. But what we'll be focusing here today in this discussion of Avaduta Gita is Avadu Gita, which is coming in the section one of Uddhava Gita of Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11. Okay. Now, if you see the Uddhava Gita, uh, you will see, you know, different narrations and different timelines. So this is in Srimad Bhagavatam. Srimad Bhagavatam is a section where Shuka is giving the life story of Krishna, etc. Uh, to Parikshit and talking about in Canto 11, what Krishna told to Uddhava in the Uddhava Gita, which is a reflection of what Dattatreya told Yaduraja in the Avaduta Gita. Okay. So you will see, uh, you know, out of these six characters in uh, Uddhava Gita, you will find, you know, uh, suddenly you will say Brahmanu Vacha, which is referring to Dattatreya. There'll be Yadur Vacha, then there'll be Bhagwanu Vacha, there will be Uddhava Vacha, there'll be also Sukhava Vacha. Other than Parikshit, I'm seeing that, you know, it is actually having a narration of all the five uh, people who are being spoken about in different narrations and different timelines. Okay. Um, what we need to understand is in Lord Krishna's avatar, okay, uh, there are three people who are who gain a very significant status, you know, and are known as his devotees and three best friends, you know, uh, of great importance. The first one was Sudama. Now, Sudama was a jnani, also known as Kuchela. Okay. With him, Krishna didn't have to communicate anything, you know. They understood each other. He was a jnani. He did not go to Krishna asking for something, though he was an abject poverty. And it is said that when Krishna embraced Sudama, he saw Krishna, I mean, Sudama and Krishna met after 100 years, it is said. And when they went and met each other, they embraced each other. And it's said that Krishna shed a tear for the only time in the entire avatar. Okay? And it is a significance of Atma Aikyam where two souls got together Okay, and realized, um, you know, uh, what was required for, uh, you know, uh, uh, Sudama. Okay, the second devotee that we normally hear about is actually Arjuna. To Arjuna, the communication which Krishna gave was the Bhagavad Gita, okay, which we are all aware of. And uh, he asked Arjuna to follow the Karma Marga, okay, Karma Yoga. And to Uddhava, okay, which was his last parting message before he, you know, concluded his avatar, he gave the Uddhava Gita, unlike Bhagavad Gita, which is in the name of Bhagavan, Uddhava Gita is actually in the name of the recipient Uddhava. Okay? And uh, it contains 1000 plus verses. And to Uddhava, unlike Arjuna, Krishna asked him to follow the Sanyasa Marga. Okay? So let me now quickly jump into the Uddhava Gita. Okay? Now, Uddhava Gita. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry, Subhu. Sorry, Subhu. Quick question Who is Uddhava? Okay, Uddhava is one of the devotees of Sri Krishna. He's actually a cousin of Sri Krishna. Okay, and uh, he is also his devotee and his best friend. Okay, now I will explain Uddhava to you as we go by. Um, I think um, uh, you will get a fairly good representation of that. Okay, now you are aware of Sudama. Uh, he's one uh, person who's you know who's having a certain stature in the, the avatar. Then Arjuna, and then of course you have uh, Uddhava. Okay, now coming to um, the end of, uh, I mean, the context for Uddhava Gita, the context is something like this. Okay. Krishna has completed most of his tasks. His work is complete in the world under the, you know, what he had uh, come in the form of Krishna. 
okay so it is now time for him to go back and uh, krishna is in dwaraka and uh, you know it so happens that all the gods and goddesses come to dwaraka to remind krishna that his end has come okay so in the uddhava gita it actually mentions that you know brahmas devas shivas prajapatis indras adityas you know agni uh, angiras rudras you know sandhyas gandharvas you know all of them nagas siddhas charanas uh, and kinaras okay all of them actually came down to dwaraka okay and they came to just remind krishna that his work is complete and he needs to come back to vaikuntha okay and krishna by that time had completed 125 years of his life on earth okay now krishna does one thing so he acknowledges to the gods saying that he understands that his time has come and he's already thought over it, thought over it okay so he calls his team of yadavas and tells him that it is time for him to go right and in the process he also tells uddhava to come over to him and he tells him that uddhava it is time for me to now go to my heavenly abode now what happens is uddhava requests krishna he tells krishna he said krishna if you are going okay why don't you take me along with you right for which krishna actually refuses krishna refuses and tells him that you know unlike the rama avatar okay in the rama avatar what happens is rama gives up his avatar uh, you know uh, by actually uh, moving into the sarayu river okay and uh, all the people who followed him entered the sarayu river with rama and are supposed to have reached vaikuntha okay whereas in krishna avatar krishna says i have to now travel alone okay i will go alone and bhagwan uvacha so what did he what does he say he says you know there is a curse by the brahmana that the entire yadava line will be burnt okay and the city will submerge on the seventh day okay now i'm not getting into the curse what happened etc because that's a different story in itself but the brahmana's curse was to take effect and the entire yadava line would have been destroyed would would, would have to be destroyed okay and uh, the city of dwaraka will submerge in the seventh day he also tells uddhava one more thing he says with my passing away the age of kali will set in okay and he says bhavishya adharma ruchihi he says once kali sets in people will have interest in doing adharma okay so bhavishya adharma ruchihi so he says uddhava for a satvik person like you you also will have to leave this world but you cannot come with me okay so he says you must renounce everything and with evenness of vision mind focused on me reach me so you go and take your sanyas renounce everything take sanyas focus meditate on me and you reach me and you come to vaikunta i cannot take you with me okay so uddhava then replies back to krishna he says you are asking me to take sanyas and renounce everything but i am a fool i am attached to my body and my you know uh, people he says tyagoyam dushkaro bhuman which means essentially that it is very difficult to renounce now we've all uh, you know read the bhagavad gita so we know what happens in a teacher student relationship with krishna so whenever krishna says something you know and uh, the student re- re- retorts saying that you know it is very difficult just like you know 634 which ashish spoke today he says uh, chanchala chanchala hi mana uh, manaha krishna okay which basically says that you know the mind is very wavery in 634 and uh, it is very difficult to you know uh, be focused and krishna says yes yes i completely agree uh, but you know uh, the mind is very difficult to control but with practice 
and with vairagya you can achieve the same so similarly when uddhava says that you know it is very difficult to renounce uh, bhagavan uvacha bhagavan says listen the disease is the same for everybody you know it is basically the issue of sense control and mind control okay but he gives an answer to uddhava he says don't worry why don't you have to worry because people have the capacity to deliver themselves through their own exertions okay so he says men who have discerned who have known the truth can deliver themselves which is basically you know a reflection of even udrey atmanam atmana saying that they can deliver them, themselves from evil inclinations by their own exertions second thing he says is the guru can be the self self alone is the teacher okay and he says out of all the creatures i have created you know the ones with no legs like snakes one leg two leg three leg four leg many leg insects birds everything he says human being is the best and i like them like him the most okay and you will see a reference of this coming again in uddhava gita sometime later and i will mention this again okay of all the creatures the human being is at the top and it is not only uh, you know somebody else who's talking about it it is bhagwan himself saying that you know i like the human being creation the best okay and he says those who have controlled the senses and the mind can you know through the intellect directly seek me and now he gets on to explain what is the story of the avaduta and yaduraja which is the avaduta gita section of uddhava gita okay so yadu uvacha now we are going back to you know uh, yadu uh who was actually uh, you know the ancestor of krishna himself okay he was a king um from the yadu dynasty and uh, he was actually uh, traveling in the forest and he came across this uh, avaduta and uh, he immediately stops and he inquires he says that you know uh, you know you are like a child though you are a sage you seem to be learned dexterous well informed and very sweet in speech but you are looking like a jada unmat and pishashi jada unmat pishashi you are looking like a jada inert guy uh, not uh, showing any reactions uh, unmat is you know delirious and pishashi is looking like a ghost okay and he says how are you like this i am not able to fathom because the world is living only for dharma artha and kama while the goal of life is moksha okay how come you are free from the lust of you know uh, forest fire of lust and greed and you behave like as if you are an elephant who is bathing in the cool water of the ganges so what is your secret okay so this is the start of the uddhava gita so the uddhava gita is actually about learning to learn okay and you will know why i have given this heading um so it is a way by which one can learn a lot and how you know you can um, by noticing you know certain experiences learn by yourself which is ex- exactly what krishna has said that uh, the self can be your own teacher okay so it doesn't say avadutu uvacha it says brahmana uvacha and uh, the brahmana says that you know i have many teachers okay but there are 24 gurus for me and i learned many lessons from these 24 gurus by just observing their nature and their characteristics okay so we will come to what are the 24 gurus which the avaduta is talking about and i will just take a pause and explain the learning process to you which was uh, you know sort of narrated by swami ramakrishna nanda so he says learning happens in four parts okay the first part is when you receive the knowledge from the teacher for which you have to be receptive okay the second part is when you contemplate right and the third part happens when you are learning from your peers and friends so you have book reviews etc you learn from both mistakes and 
what uh, peers and friends are doing right. And the remaining 25% actually comes only with time and that is through experience, okay? So 25% through the teacher, 25% on contemplation, 25% through peers and friends and fourth quarter, 25% comes only through time, which is in the form of experience. And when you look at the learning process, how do we learn? He said, it's important to be attentive because attention gives us to, makes us being receptive. And when we are receptive, we can gather information. When we gather information and reflect upon it, we can, uh, you know, educate ourselves and there, there is exa uh, expansion and development happens. So for example, when you have information, sometimes, you know, when you contemplate, uh, expansion happens, which is like you suddenly get new ideas about whatever topic the teacher has spoken, but has not necessarily verbalized, right? So when you keep thinking about a certain subject, expansion of knowledge happens and also development happens and new ideas also come to the fore. So now coming to the Avaduta Gita, which is the 24 gurus of the Avaduta. So the Avaduta says, you know, I learned my 24, uh, I mean, my lessons from 24 gurus, which is nothing but the earth, wind, sky, water, fire, moon, etc. And he says, from all these people, I learned many lessons by just looking and, you know, understanding the nature and characteristics. And then he says, oh, grandson of Nahusha. Who's Nahusha? Nahusha is the grandfather of Yadu. Yadu's father is Yayati. Okay. And they're all ancestors of Sri Krishna. Okay. He said, now I shall reveal what I learned from whom. And so listen. What you need to understand in the Avaduta's learnings, which is going to come now of the 24 stories, okay, of these gurus, is that it is not a teacher-student format, which is like it's not Krishna telling Arjuna or you know Krishna telling Uddhava, uh, but it is one of observation, reflection, and learning. Okay. And the second thing you need to know is more than one lesson can be learned from each guru. So a guru, you know, like earth, wind, etc., may actually give you more than one lessons. So let's go to the Avaduta Gita now, section of Uddhava Gita. So the first, um, you know, may uh, I mention is that of earth. Okay. He says, earth is my guru. Now, what did you learn from the earth? So Ramakrishnananda says very jokingly, you know, he says, how many years have you spent on planet earth? Is it 50 years, sir. Okay. What have you learned from the earth? I do not know. Okay. So therefore what happens is that, you know, sometimes we do not really reflect upon what is happening around us. And therefore we, you know, sort of forsake the learning that could have probably come the way. Now, let's see what the Avaduta has learned from the earth. He says, the learning that I got from earth is it does not deviate from the path. Earth moves around the sun in a certain orbit, irrespective of any operations that may come its way. Okay. So irrespective of any, uh, you know, hindrances that come, you know, because of destiny or, you know, uh, etc. It does not deviate from the path. That's learning number one. Learning number two from earth is very similar saying that, you know, uh, even if, you know, you throw stones on the trees, right. And, uh, uh, it will not murmur, but even if you pelt it with stones, etc., it will give you, end up giving you only luscious fruits. Okay. It bears all the ravages and of seasons and goes on and on. So what is the learning that we get from here is follow your dharma till the last breath. Do not deviate from your path and show forbearance, which is self-restraint and control. Now, an example to quote here is, um, you know, Vishwamitra actually wanted to go to the forest and uh, become a Brahmarishi. Okay. Now, in the process of becoming a Brahmarishi, uh, Indra got a little concerned, you know, and uh, he sent Menaka. Now, Vishwamatra got a little enticed with Menaka and he ended up, you know, uh, getting into a relationship with her. And apparently for 10 long years, he forgot his goal of becoming a Brahmarishi and he led a family life with Menaka till he suddenly realized that, you know, he's deviated from what he came to do. 
and then he sort of sent Menaka away, and then he started his um, tapas again to become a Brahma Rishi. This time Indra sent Ramba. Okay, when Ramba came, Vishwamitra was very angry, you know, because he felt that he's going to fall into a trap again. So he actually cursed her to become a stone. So what happened is, first he was enticed by Kama by Menaka, and second he was enticed by Krodha, which is Ramba. Okay, but what actually Earth tells you is that irrespective of Whatever comes your way, do not deviate from the path. So again, you know, uh, Vishwamitra was a put back before he could actually, you know, end up becoming a Brahma Rishi. So that's the learning from Mother Earth. Okay. The second one is wind. Wind tells you that you should not have any attachment. It's a detached attachment. Now, let me explain this. So what the Avaduta says is the wind is unaffected by good or bad odor. So wind passes through, you know, various areas okay good or bad okay foul smell good smell roses jasmine gutter everything it passes through that but it doesn't get attached to them okay it moves simply around okay in the in the environment but it does not get attached to any of the objects so similarly the yogi okay does not uh, get attached to any of the sense object that he's actually moving around okay in the world okay why because and how does he manage this is by actually keeping his eyes always on the self so the nature of wind is not to get attached and it doesn't mean complete detachment. It is detached attachment. Okay. Which means that you should be in the world. Okay. And go through the motions, but in a very detached manner. So an example of this is how Krishna lived his life of moving from, you know, uh, Gokula, Mathura, Brindavan, Hastinapur, Dwaraka. He did not have any attachment to the places, but he went about doing the motions of what he was expected to do in terms of his roles and responsibilities. Coming to the third guru, which is sky. Now there is a slight difference between wind and sky. So wind talks about, you know, detached attachment. Sky talks about a complete non-attachment and absolute detachment. Okay. Right. So, which only means that it says living in a body. Okay. The self should reflect on unity, non-attachment and sky-like trait of Atman. Okay. So what it actually says is sky gives space to winds and clouds, but is untouched by it. Just like the Atman is inside the Panchakosas but untouched by it. Okay. So he says space and Atma are everywhere. It cannot be grasped. It cannot be contaminated. It is subtler than the subtlest and space like self is detached from the body. Uh, like space self is detached from the body, mind and intellect. The only difference is space is Jada, but Atma is Shaitanya. Okay. So you need to understand that this is the absolute truth. Now, since we are talking about detachment in wind and sky, wind is you know, a detached attachment, which has to be practiced at the mind level. Whereas sky is to know the absolute truth and is to be understood. Okay. So both of them talk about detachment, but in two different contexts. Okay. The fourth guru is water. Now water is what water is very pure. Okay. And it is very sweet, uh, genial. Okay. It is very friendly and um, it also imparts holiness. So a lot of places it cleanses the places as it goes similar to a sage who resembling the water purifies everybody who comes and touches him and prays and, and is in his company. Okay. Uh, there is also one more learning that you can take from the water, which is like, you know, it gives space to the rock. So if it is confronted with anything, it simply meanders its way and to reach its final goal. Okay. Just like the earth, it does not deviate from the path. It just meanders around and then sort of goes to the final goal. Okay. So what can one practice from this, uh, you know, how Gurudev's actually, you know, uh, live with everyone in a pure, simple and innocent and sweet manner. Okay. Not high maintenance in any cost and just an act of simplicity. 
Okay, that is exactly the learning from water. Okay, uh, example is when Rama goes to the forest. You know, he was a prince, and uh, you know, and when he was with Dasharatha, he was living in a palace. But when he was leaving Vishwamitra, he was okay to live in the forest. Okay, so simplicity is the word here for water. Coming to Guru number five, fire. Okay, what does fire do? Fire consumes everything that is being offered to it. You put something into the fire, it gets consumed. Okay, right. And uh, sometimes you will see that fire is very visible, and in sometimes, uh, okay, and sometimes um, you will find that fire is concealed. Okay, you cannot see the fire. So the muni, the sage, also has to be in such a way that in some places he should be visible to the overall, you know, uh, people to give them guidance and uh, for liberation. At the same time, he should also learn how to be in the forest and not necessarily with the other people around. Okay, the second characteristics in fire is. fire burns everything that is thrown to it all the woods just like a muni will burn all your karmas with the fire of knowledge okay the third aspect of fire is if you look at fire and you burn fire fire burns in the form of the wood that is burning okay it tends to take the shape of the uh, you know the object that is placed in the fire okay so similarly the lord also operates like that the birth and death belong to the body and not the self and flames are subject may rise and fall but the fire is just one it does not change okay and what is the learning here that the fire as a guru will help you to burn okay just like the, with the self knowledge will help you to burn all the karma sanchita prarabdha agami just like fire burns all the wood that is put into it okay now learning number 6 guru number 6 is moon now moon is what it you know uh, goes through you know shukla paksha and krishna paksha so we know that the moon is the same but you see different colors of the moon okay uh, in the in the in a one month period okay so similarly he says that birth and death belong to the body and not to the atma okay the moon remains as it is it is only an apparent change due to astronomical motions but okay the you see different you know features of the moon or the colors of the moon okay but overall the moon is not changing so changes only belong to the body and not to the atma so this is the learning davaduta says he picked up from the moon now if you go back to bhagavad gita again arjuna laments okay over fighting with bhishma and drona due to the association with the body till krishna gives him a thing saying that listen you know the atma is never you know uh, you know uh, getting killed it is only the body that is getting killed and if these people come in the way of your battle etc you will have to fight them so he admonishes krishna uh, arjuna to actually um, you know go ahead and fight okay now coming to uh, guru number 7 okay guru number 7 is sun okay right i think there are two learnings here from sun so first thing is if you see the sun shines and it extracts the water okay and it gives it back to the earth as rain okay so similarly the yogi should accept whatever is being given to him but he should be able to give it back okay to the person without being attached okay so that's learning number 1 from sun the second learning he says is which is something that we are aware that there is only one sun but multiple reflections so there is only one atma and the reflections are many in the jivatmas okay and it is this principle of the upanishads which leads you to three or four you know uh, mahavakyas which says ekam sat vipra bhuda varanti that is the one became the many okay and tatvamasi thou art that okay and with the same idea okay vivekananda and satyasai baba everybody spoke only one language they say manav seva is madav seva 
and Naraseva is Narayana Seva because the same God is present everywhere. So whether you worship him in the temple or serve him in the society, okay, it is one and the same. So this is the learning I have got from the sun. Okay. Now next is Guru is Pigeon. Now Pigeon teaches the Avaduta about deep attachment which creates problem. Now I will tell you the story in a very short manner. Okay, uh, this story is actually explained in some 25 verses or something, 22-25 verses in the our, our Uddhava Gita. But very shortly, you know, there is a father doe, there is a mother doe and there are chicks, four or five chicks are there. Okay, now they are all having a very nice and very happy life until a hunter comes to the forest. The mother doe and the father doe are flying away and they are wanting to get some food and the hunter puts a trap and calyx all the chicks. Now when the father doe and the mother doe come and return to the tree, they find that, uh, you know, uh, the chicks are already caught. Okay. And in a rage, the mother doe just flies into the cage and she is also caught. Now, father doe is watching the whole thing. And he says, what will I do without the mother and the chicks? And he says, I will also come. Okay. He also comes inside and he also gets caught in the cage. Finally, the hunter wraps everything and he carries on. Okay. So all the mother doe, father doe and the chicks are all caught by the fowler. And this is exactly what the avaduta observed. Okay. So remember, it is about observation, reflection, and learning. Okay. Then he says, um, you know, the second learning, I mean, the, so this is, he says is because of, you know, deep attachment. Okay. Uh, which is why the entire, uh, you know, uh, thing uh, was caught by the fowler. Okay. The second thing they say is um, uh, human birth is a gateway to liberation. And uh, if somebody is very much attached to the family, like the bird, he may fall in status. Okay. Now, this is what is said, said in the Avaduta Gita. So what they're saying is that, you know, you may, if you really want to be, you know, uh, moving forward in your, you know, a journey of births, you have to actually move up in the ladder and not down the ladder. So that's the second take, which the Avaduta takes. And if you look at it, um, the reflection is one should not have any deep attraction or affection or close association with anyone, anywhere at any time. Okay. This is one, because it will get into, get you into problems. The second thing is, uh, you know, what Adi Shankara has said in Bajagovindam, Kate Kante, uh, Kate Kanta Kaste Putraha. Okay, who is your wife? Who is your son? Supremely wonderful is the samsara, the circle of life, uh, birth and death. Who are you? Whom are you? Uh, whom are you for? And, uh, you know, ponder over these concepts because they do not have any grounding. Okay, so this is Pigeon, Guru number eight, which teaches people to be uh, not getting too much into deep attachment as deep attachment creates problems. Guru number nine is the Python. Okay. Now, what does the python do? The python actually meanders in the forest, okay? And it eats whatever is coming its way. One day it is a rat, it will eat a rat. One day it is a snake, it will eat a snake. One day it is a deer, it will eat a deer. One day it is a cow, it will eat a cow. One day there is no food, it will not eat anything, okay? So, what does the python do? The python accepts whatever comes its way. So, he says the sage, remember this is sannyasa marga, okay? So most of the things that have been said is to otherwise is how do you, you know, renounce everything and go and he's talking about these examples. So please keep that in the back of your mind. So the sage who lives a Python's life should, you know, take whatever comes his way without exerting for it. Okay. So if nothing comes your way, nothing, that's it. Okay. Because the belief is God knows what to give, when to give, how much to give. So it is good to count your blessings, right? Rather than counting what we don't have. Okay. And when we accept this, whatever comes our way, we will not demand anything. And when we reduce our demands, peace will come automatically. So live contentedly, do not demand, accept what comes your way is the lesson from the Python. Okay. Now guru number 10 is ocean. Okay. 
it is about being complete and never disturbed okay so how should the sage be the sage should be placid and profound illimitable what is illimitable limitless ocean is limitless immovable no attachment no aversion okay right and it neither overflows nor shrinks even though a multitude of rivers will enter it okay it neither overflows nor shrinks so what is it it is never disturbed it is complete in all respects so the nature of the ocean is complete full samriddhi never disturbed learn to keep mind contented despite rivers coming into the ocean it is never it never rises up or down okay that's the 10th guru now going to the 11th guru is moth okay it talks about sense control and not being carried away by outer beauty now the see in all my uh, slides you know the first section of the guru uh, there is some words in italics okay what is in italics is what is coming directly from the uddhava gita what is not in italics is something that is an inference from the uh, uddhava gita that is being spoken about so please keep that in mind so whatever you are seeing there is in italics is directly from the uddhava gita okay uh, avadhuta gita part of the uddhava gita so man he says who does not have any control over the senses by seeing anything like a woman gold ornaments apparel can get completely you know fall into the enjoyment uh, and, and come into the abysmal darkness okay just like the moth into the fire is into uh, gets into the fire and is destroyed now just to tell you the story of the moth see when it starts to rain no the moths start to appear okay and a lot of times in the villages you would have seen people would have lit actually a candle or a petromos lamp or something like that the the moth is highly attracted to the flame okay now when it sees the flame it wants to go and sit on it okay even though it is harmful for the moth so what happens is the moth goes tries to sit on it then comes away okay then again goes tries to sit on it comes away so it goes on and on and on and on like this and finally it eventually dies okay so what is being spoken about is sense control okay so what it says is blinded by attraction okay if you are not controlling your senses you will be drawn to this again and again till you finally destroy yourself okay so what is being referred to here from the moth is the lesson of you know not indulging more in sense gratification now the guru number 12 is honey bee okay now there are two wisdoms here two uh, messages here one is for nectar and wisdom now just to you know understand what the honey bee does he says the sage should take when they go for bhiksha right they should take only lilted doles of food from several houses and not tax one person very intensely okay so he says go to large number of people and collect little little okay for your bhiksha second thing he says is you cannot you know receive bhiksha more than what the receptacle should be your hand or your stomach okay nothing more you cannot hold food in bhiksha not hold food even for the evening or for the next day okay and second is he, third he says is you know if you were to hold like a honey bee what does a honey bee do it goes to various flowers takes little little nectars from flowers big or small okay and then goes and collects it and forms a honey bee a comb okay if you start holding honey like a honey bee he says it will finally get destroyed okay right so mendicant should not take bhiksha which is more than his days requirement and which is should not be more than a handful or a a uh, stomach full okay and then he refers to what is called the shatpada he actually talks about the honey bee and gives an example of shatpada shatpada is referring to the sixth sense in the humans okay so he says basically the clever man should take the essence out of all the sources okay so he should not differentiate saying that hey this is i will not talk to this person and you know listen and take learning from him 
or I will only talk to somebody who is superior to me to take my lessons. No, a clever man, he says, it's like the shatkara, like the sixth, seventh. He will take learnings from everything big and small. Okay, like how the bee goes to even a small flower and extracts honey and goes to a large flower also and extracts honey. Okay, now 13. Uh, Rajesh, I think, can I go further? Because it's a little late. Please go uh, ahead. Yeah, okay. All right. So, so guru number 13 is actually the elephant. Now, elephant, the learning is sense control and sense of touch. Now, just to give you the story before I get into the, you know, lesson. See, how does anybody catch a male elephant? Okay. Now, this is something that I learned, you know, by listening to the lecture. So apparently the hunter, you know, it is easy to catch a deer or easy to catch other animals, but an elephant is a very difficult thing to catch. So what they normally do is they actually, the hunt, uh, the hunter of the elephant sends a female elephant into the forest. Okay. The female element will go and draw a male elephant. Now the female elephant will spend time with the male elephant and rub the skin of the male elephant. And after that, the male elephant will not leave the female elephant. Okay. Then the female elephant will return. When it returns, the hunter is waiting for the male elephant to come and they have prepared all the pits. The male elephant falls into the pit. The female elephant is taken on the side and then they, you know, find different ways by which to extract the male elephant because now it is fully under their control. Okay. So a sannyasin, it is said, should not quote or touch the company of women. Okay. It is like death to him. Okay. Just like how the elephant to the attachment of touch, okay, with the she elephant is destroyed. So what is being spoken about from the learning from the elephant is the sense control and the sense of touch. 14th guru is the honey collector, not to be uh, avaricious and not to accumulate too many things. So what is being spoken about here is the tendency of many people in this world to accumulate things more than what they need for themselves. Okay. So what does the honey collector do? He goes to the forest, starts collecting honey. He starts hoarding honey. Okay. He neither consumes it, nor does it give away, you know, to somebody else. Okay. So the honey collector, okay. Um, uh, the honey gatherer, like the sannyasi, uh, this one. So what happens is he just keeps accumulating, which is not going to help anyway. And at the end of it, somebody else will come and take the honey that he has collected. Okay. So that is the story of the honey collector. The second thing is the honey collector is the first person to taste the honey, which the honey bees have collected. Okay. Just like how the sannyasin gets the first opportunity to partake in the good things or the food that is made by the householders. Okay. Right. So these are the two uh, references to the honey collector. So it says basically nobody should accumulate more than what one requires because, you know, there are only three ways to spend the wealth that you have earned. One is utilize personally, use it for yourself. Number two, give it away in charity and earn some pap, uh, punya by doing it to some dharma or charity. And number three is it will fill the pockets of the robber. That means after you pass away, somebody else is going to walk away and enjoy with it. Okay. So nothing is going to be of any use to you. So only three ways to spend, utilize it personally, give it away in charity, or you fill the pockets of the robber. Robber is the person whom you actually bequeath your wealth to. Okay. This is the learning from the honey connector. Next comes basically, uh, just a second. Yeah. The deer. Now deer again is, you know, it says, uh, you know, how a deer is caught in the forest. Apparently, uh, the hunter, uh, the fowler goes into the forest and he starts playing wonderful music. And the deer is trained to listen to very good music. And the moment it starts to listen to music, it slowly walks its way to the fowler himself. Okay. 
slowly step by step best by it starts moving into the you know uh, direction of the music and finally gets caught by the fowler so what actually is the learning the avadutha talks about is um, you know even the evils of attachment to the sense of hearing it is like a diversion okay so you're doing something suddenly you hear something you start moving in that direction okay right and there is a reference to uh, uh, rishya shringa listening to sensuous movie and then finally becomes a docile plaything for the women okay so here devotional music is not considered sensuous music but um, what is being said is anything outside of devotional music is what is being referred to here as uh, sensuous music guru number 16 is a fish now this is very interesting because it talks about sense control and this time he talks about the control of the tongue okay and he talks about a very important characteristics he says the fish is gluttonous you know even though it is a very satiated uh, you know with respect to the food the moment it sees a hook uh, and something hanging on the hook it goes and nibbles on it and finally gets caught okay so infatuated with the delicacies of an over greedy tongue it meets its death okay right and uh, what it actually says is um, you know the uddhava gita it says that amongst the five senses right if you have controlled the tongue you have controlled everything and you are called a jitendriya but if you have controlled everything else but not the tongue you cannot be considered a jitendriya now see how powerful the tongue is as a organ of sense organ okay so it is deluded by rasa and uh, you know it can actually lead you in a different uh, you know direction into trouble okay and the second thing he says is how do i therefore you know get sense control of the tongue okay so a lot of people say you know i will give up food i will not eat this i will not eat that he says no that is not the root okay if you try to avoid eating something it will cause more trouble to you okay so the best way is moderation he says secret of controlling the tongue is to take little quantities and sustain it through life and that way you will not be attached to the taste of that particular okay so very interesting observation he says if tongue is under control everything else is under control every other sense organ is under control you are a jitendriya if tongue is not under control and everything is under control you are not a jitendriya so that's a good learning from the fish now 17 okay spingala pingala is the name of a courtesan in the city of videha okay this is a story again right she is beautifully dressed and you know she is entertaining customers um you know and she is expecting to meet up a rich man who will be able to give her a lot of money and uh, she has many lovers and she sleeps uh, with them and she is very disturbed you know because and she is very tired okay uh, and she is uh, disturbed with this found expectation of making money and at one point in time she reaches reaches a point of complete disgust now this is a very important turning point huh? because this is a story of transformation of lust to dispassion okay and uddhava says i mean uh, the avaduta says one does not desire to get rid of the bondage of the body until one is disgusted that means you have to have the virakti you have to have the vairagya saying hey what is this i am going behind when you reach that point it suddenly shifts from you know uh, desirelessness to basically vairagya okay so then the pingala starts to reflect what is the simple desire of pleasure and money for which i am doing all these things the vairagya sets in he says i am doing this and i am not happy so this small desire of you know pleasure and money is creating the dukkha and then she awakens and she says if i give up this desire 
then I don't have to have this dukkha. I can have peace. All along, and then she goes on huh, and reflects. It's not over yet. It's not about just the vairagya. And then look at the transformation from where she is and where she is, you know, going to. It says, all along I was standing outside waiting for the parapurusha to satisfy me. And now, and I missed the paramapurusha inside me. Okay. Hereforth, I am looking only at this paramapurusha who can liberate my body, mind and spirit. And she says, I will win him over. Okay. By giving up my body to him. And then enjoy his company like Goddess Lakshmi. Now, where is a courtesan and where is Goddess Lakshmi? And what is the tipping point for this transformation is that disgust, sense of disgust, okay, which sets in, which leads her to that Vairagya. Okay. Then you have Guru number 18, which is a sparrow. How to give up positions. It's a very simple story. There is a sparrow in the forest. It chances to see a flesh. It picks up the flesh and starts to fly around. Okay. The moment it has picked up the flesh and starts to fly around, the larger predatory birds see this and they come chasing behind the sparrow. The sparrow goes around the tree, it goes around in circle, 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 but the big birds are not letting it go and it, they are not letting it eat the fish, I mean uh, the, the flesh. Then all of a sudden what happens is the sparrow drops the flesh. The moment the flesh is, flesh is dropped, all the predatory birds leave them, leave the sparrow and go behind the flesh. Some other bird picks it up and now the remaining predatory, the, the game starts again. The predatory birds have left the sparrow and chasing the other bird which has caught the flesh. So basically what it says is when you give up the positions, you will be in peace. Okay. So that is the learning from the sparrow story. Coming to basically 19th guru. Okay. The child. Now, how is a child? A child is very free from anxiety. It does not worry about honor and dishonor. Okay. Uh, Avaduta says there are two people who are free from anxiety. The first one is a child and the second one is a jnani. Okay. The child is free from anxiety because of ignorance. Doesn't know anything. Ignorance is bliss. I don't know anything. So I'm very happy doing whatever I'm doing. But the jnani is free from anxiety because he has realized the self. Okay. So he says, you know, the sage should be like the child. He should be having a very childlike attitude. He should be childlike and not childish. Okay. Innocent in heart and not with a calculative mind. Okay. Guru number 20 is a maiden girl. Now this is also a story. Uh, there is a girl in, in a village and uh, it so happens that, uh, you know, uh, when she's away, uh, when her uh, relatives are away, uh, there is a party which comes into the home and uh, she's all alone at home. Okay. Now she has to go to the kitchen and, you know, take care of the guests who have come into the home. And when she goes into the kitchen, she's actually wearing a lot of bangles in both her hands. And as she's husking the patty, what is happening is her bracelets are starting to make noise by rubbing against each other. Okay. So what she does is she removes one bracelet from each hand. Again, she does the noise comes again. She starts removing. She comes to two bracelets. Again, she does the noise comes. And then finally she removes one bracelet and keeps only one bracelet. And then the sound stops. Okay. The Uddhava, uh, the Avaduta is watching this from wherever he's watching. And then he says, um, even if there are two people, they may be a difference of opinion and uh, you know, there will be a chance of a quarrel. Okay. And there will be sound and noise. But if you live alone, like the bracelet of the maiden, you can be at peace. So live alone. Neither will you create any problem for yourself, nor will you create other people will create problem for you. This is the guru number 20. Guru number 21 is blacksmith. Okay. So now this is something very tuned to chapter number six. Okay. Where he talks about conquering postures, controlling breath. Uh, okay, collecting the mind together and hold it 
steady through renunciation and steady practice. Okay. Now, all this is what is being spoken about in Dhyana Yoga as to how you're supposed to, you know, sort of, you know, attain that single pointed focus, which uh, we spoke about 634 when Arjuna says it is very difficult to become, you know, tame the mind. Okay. Now, all these things come in picture, right? Having thus trained the mind and focused the mind, the blacksmith doesn't know what is happening external or internal. External is what outside objects. So apparently the king was passing by and the blacksmith did not even under, you know, realize that the king was passing by the side. And what is internal is what his ideas and pain. And he's completely focused on doing his job. Okay. So from the blacksmith, the uh, Avaduta says, I learned focus. Guru number 22 is snake. Now, very interesting one observation of the snake. So what they say is the snake does not build its own home. Okay. Wherever it goes. It finds a hole. It tries to go inside and make it its home. Okay. So the sage should not build a palace for himself. The sage should actually enter the place wherever is available, whatever is already available and not create something new of his own. And that's how he should live. And the snake taught him a lesson as making use of whatever is readily available to make it your home. Okay. Now, guru number 23 is a spider. I think all of us know this. It's we've discussed it in chapter seven. Also creation, sustenance and dissolution. So he observes the spider and understands that the spider not only creates, but it also sustains and finally eats up its own dissolution, just like the Lord of the universe creates, sustains, and then uh, finally, you know, brings the you know, whole thing to an end. Okay. Uh, and the second observation is that the universe is therefore not essentially different from the Brahman. So this is uh, guru number 23. Guru number 24 is wasp. This is a learning. So what does he say? Now, this is a story where they say that, you know, there is this, uh, it, they, it's called uh, Brahmarakita. Okay. Uh, when the cockroach being confined by a Brahmarakita in a wall, it starts to think only of it and suddenly starts uh, forming a body, which is very similar to it. Okay. So it basically says that the more you think about certain things, the more you become like that. Yadbhavam Okay. And uh, this is the learning that the Avaduta talks about in terms of the 24th guru, uh, which is the wasp. Okay. Now, interestingly, after this conversation, what happens is the Avaduta says, I can also tell you some more things, which is the 25th. Okay. Which is not necessarily spoken in the 24. He says, there is something that I, Yadu Raja, I have also taken from the learnings from my own body. Now, what is it? See, he says, the body is a teacher for me. If you remember Krishna saying that the self is your teacher, right? Here he says, the body is a teacher for me. Being the cause, it has made me realize this passion and discrimination. Okay. Being subject to birth and death. Okay. Um, and it has helped me to reflect on the ultimate principles and therefore understanding whatever I have understood through the body, I can therefore now wander without attachment. So that is the first leg. Okay. From the body. The second thing he says is by observing other people, he says for the sake of body, what are other people do? They start a family wife, children, sense objects, domestic animals, servants, homes, relatives, you know, amass wealth. Okay. With us to the end and finally end up, what do they do? They end up creating a seed for the next body. Okay. So there is no moksha. There is only karma, uh, dharma, artha and karma. Moksha is just not there. Okay. So this is the observation he has made from the body of the other, uh, humans. Okay. Then he says, equates all the sense organs to like having akin to having many wives of a householder. Okay. So he says the tongue attracts a man in one direction, thirst, you know, pulls him into another sex impulse, draws him somewhere, skin and stomach moves in another quarter, nose attracts in one direction, eyes puts in another direction, tendency to work withdraws to something else. It's like those five sense organs, which is the five horses 
each one pulling in a different direction, it is akin to saying a man living with many wives as a householder, how difficult it will be. So that's exactly his relation to, you know, the body and saying how difficult it is to, uh, you know, uh, handle the sense organs. Okay. And then he says, which is something very interesting, which I told about later about the status of the birth, okay, of um, uh, various creatures. So he says, the Lord through his external eternal power created various abodes such as trees, reptile, bees, birds, insects, etc. You know, uh, zero legs, you know, no legs, one leg, two leg, four leg, five leg, etc, etc. And then finally, he made the human body, which is endowed with the ability to realize the supreme. And it says the God was delighted. So I think this is a very important thing as to all of us are very lucky that, you know, um, God sees the human being as a great opportunity. And he says, when God created the human being, he says in the first chapter also that, you know, the human being is the best I like. And here he says, when he created the human being, he was delighted because only through the human birth can one realize Brahman himself. Okay. And lastly, it is just a warning signal to everybody that, you know, you know, that the body is you know, uh, subject to birth and death. And, uh, you know, one should quickly strive uh, to attain moksha before the death arrives. Okay. Lest you fall in status from a human being to something else, because sense enjoyment is something that is attainable for anybody. Okay. So even if you're born in as a insect or a bird or an animal or a this one, etc., sense enjoyment is something that you can enjoy in any birth in any category. But only the human birth will help you to realize Brahman. So therefore, he says, these are my learnings from my own body is what the Avadhuta says. Okay. And final words for this concluding section of Avadhuta Gita. Brahmana Uvacha is the, you know, Avadhuta speaking. He says, with this understanding and illumination as my light, I am established in myself in the, in the, in the, in the Brahman. And I uh, wander uh, and roam over the world. Okay. And he uh, asks the you know, uh, Yaduraja, that he actually takes leave, okay, having given and imparted this knowledge of the 24 plus one learnings from, uh, you know, what he has observed and reflected on, okay. And uh, Bhagavan Uvacha, now coming back to Bhagavan and Buddhava, right, uh, saying this, Yadu, you know, found himself to be truly gifted to have received this message from uh, the Avaduta. And uh, what is the palashruti of having heard something like this from the Avaduta? King Yadu was rid of all his attachments and became of even mind. So hopefully all of us will also be able to benefit from this learning and be rid of all attachments and, you know, become of even mind. Okay. Which is the benefit that this Uddha Avaduta Gita talks about as a uh, reflection of what is being spoken. Right. Now, I just want to conclude the last part through actually an incident of Mahaparya of Kanchi. Uh, Sri Chandrasekhar Saraswati, uh, somebody went and asked him, you know, you know, people call you a Jagat Guru. Are you indeed a Jagat Guru? Okay. And to which I think Paramacharya only smiled and replied and he said, the whole world is a guru to me. And that is why they call me a Jagat Guru. Okay. <clears throat> I think uh, the Avaduta has reflected the same thought and notion uh, of learning through observation and reflection. Om Tatsat. Thank you very much. Jai Saram. You rocked, Subhu. Amazing. It was amazing, Subhu. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, it was a brilliant presentation. Thank you so much. Please do share the slides. Yeah, 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 I'll send you the slides. Yeah, this is amazing, Subhu. Just I amazing. Mean, uh, Sorry for this half an hour. I didn't realize. Yeah. Yeah, each yeah. of your 24 sort of examples were mm -hmm. 
but just kind of amazing. I think you've put a lot of effort to the pictures and the examples and oh my God, this is just unbelievably good. Hey, thank I, you. I Actually, uh, to... this is, uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, I was about to say the 25th Guru is Subhu, but. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just doing a cut and paste. Uh, actually, um, you know, I um, uh, this this actually is a condensation of some 201 slokas of four chapters yeah. condensed in 20 slides. Okay, so for me also it was a uh, quite a challenge. I would say after saying yes uh, to to put this together, uh, but then uh, by God's grace, you know, sort of just managed to put it together, and I'm so happy I did it. Hmm. No, yesterday when I saw the slides, I said, you know, this is going to be a rocking session. That's why I deliberately did not yeah. share the slides with everybody. <laughs> yeah, I made some changes. I'll send you the final should, one. We should have given you the. We should have given you the full ninety minutes. Hey, no, I no, no. think so. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I think, I'm sorry. I think I just, you were rushing uh, towards the end. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I know he was recording it, so I wasn't sure that you know I should do it so fast. But without the learning being imparted, it was difficult to move. Sorry about that. Yeah. No, no, not at all. It was wonderful. Actually, just amazing, just amazing. I we Thank can't you. even express how amazing it is. So just being silent is much better, I guess. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, um, um, you know, in the Uddhava Gita, uh, there are three Gitas embedded. So this is the first Gita, which is Avaduta Gita. The second Gita is Hamsa Gita. It is when uh, I think um, you know um, people go to Brahma. I think the sons and you know etc. go to Brahma and he and tells Brahma. Saying that, you know, how do we cross this, you know, uh, overcome these gunas and other things? That's a question and Brahma is not able to answer. And he prays to Lord Vishnu, Narayana. And Narayana comes in the form of a hamsa, a swan. And he, you know, sort of articulates, which is the hamsa gita part, which is the second gita, will, which will come in Uddhava gita. Of course, in between, there are other discussions and conversations that are happening, right? The second gita, which comes in Uddhava gita is hamsa gita. And then uh, towards the end, there is something called bhikshu gita. Okay, it's a story of a mendicant. Okay, so it's another storytelling session happening there. So I'm thinking that uh, you know maybe we can do this in parts. You know, next we can focus on Hamsa Gita, Absolutely. and then we can do in this and that. Absolutely. We would have left something in between, which is some uh, this one. But those conversations are very similar to Bhagavad Gita and other things. I think so. In some way, I think we can uh, look at it in this one. But no, you know, question actually, for you. Sorry. And question for you, Subhu. So where are you? You know, what uh, lectures are you uh, studying? See, actually, uh, let me tell you, um, this thing of Avaduta Gita struck me. Uh, see, uh, I'll tell you how it started. Last week, I think we were struggling to get people to present. So, and people were not wanting to go, go to the age chapter. So there was some discussion. There. So I said, let me try and see if I can do something. And suddenly it hit upon me that, you know, Avaduta Gita was something that came to my mind. So I said, let me do something. But then that was, I think, Tuesday or something. I think I texted you, right, uh, Krishna, somewhere to yeah. just understand what this is about. But then... I got a little confused because there are two Avaduta Gitas. One is what Dattatreya has told this one. And the other one is what Krishna talks to Uddhava in Uddhava Gita. Mm. Then uh, I found that there were no lectures huh, available on this. Then finally, I found one Chinmaya Mission lecture of Ramakrishnananda. Some five lectures um, uh, of one and a half hours each. So I read, I went through those lectures. I made some notes on that. Then I went to the textbooks Prabhavananda and uh, the other one is um, another book which I have. Uh, so I went through the actual commentary and translation and then it was, you know, easy to connect and uh, put together. So it was yeah. amazing, amazing. Yes, so Swami P has lectures on Uddhava Gita too and also the whole thing has been transcribed to a book. Darsha, I see. Okay. 
I couldn't find it in YouTube. I found Guru Parananda's lectures, but that was more in Tamil and some two seventy four videos. So I, that was that was quite a lot uh, to digest, you know. So, but this was uh, so good. I will share this presentation. Thank you very much. Yeah, please, Sairam. please, please. Thank you so much because I've just started reading the Bhagavatam in Hindi, and okay. I just turned to the eleventh canto and said, "Okay, I have to okay. now read eleventh canto, even though I'm in first canto." <laughs> See yeah. the 10th canto is the it's all about uh, Krishna avatar right from his birth mm -hmm. okay and apparently the bhagavatam is uh, there only to the extent of uh, him you know before meeting the pandavas and then it comes to the uddhava section when he's finishing his avatar after the task is completed right uh, nice, his entire nice. you know life with the pandavas is covered in uh, vishnu purana which is part of uh, which is including mahabharata etc right? right and uh, Bhagavatam in the first twelve uh, cantos and the initial cantos is all about Dhruva story, Prahlada story. Right. You know, it, it's a lot of other other things that are there. So since it is storytelling, it's it's a little uh, interesting and nice. You know, so not too heavy, but at the same time gets the message across. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Eight oh one. Thank you. And any any other questions for Subhu? Uh, no questions. One final appreciation by me. Subhu, excellent presentation. I yeah, think uh, for the benefit of others, I think you should do this once again. Uh, maybe yes. as he said, you, know, you will have an entire session for doing only this. Excellent, Subhu. I can keep hearing you yeah. for a very, very, very long time. <laughs> Thank you. That is Thank great. You so yeah. I totally agree question. with the Srinivas. Yeah. Because I think the more you say it like two, three times, it will sit in our minds. So I would uh, agree to even if we are not doing eight chapter. I think if people are not coming there, maybe you can you can have a story of one each twenty four of them in Vistar. You know. So for it, to Rajesh, uh, whatever I mean, um, I'm okay with presenting, but I think let's just see how the you know. Um, we'll we'll play it by the year. We'll play it. We'll play it by the year. Yeah. I like how all the five senses, five elements. Uh, we're all like nicely covered, like the five, five, five taken. That's what no Ramakrishna Nanda tells you know how many years in planet Earth? Fifty years. What did you learn from Earth? Sorry, <laughs> I don't know. You know, you know I've, 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 read, I've uh, read about these twenty-four, uh, you know, uh, you know, examples or or avatar or whatever, and I, I found them seriously random when I first read it, and I was like, how do you kind of make sense of this kind of? But you've kind of really kind of helped us. Thank yeah. you so much. See, Shrimad Bhagavatam is um, yeah. I'm, Sorry, I'm actually yeah, yeah, wondering if the 24 corresponds to that, the count, right? Like five karma indriya, five jnana indriya, panchabhutas, mm. the mind, body, chitta, and like the four plus. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, it should probably be good to see if that corresponds to that 24 elements. Yeah, good idea. See, the biggest, uh, it so doesn't uh, necessarily uh, correspond, Krishna, but actually the biggest thing that is reiterated again and again is... Um, you know, uh, deep attachment to come out of deep. And in fact, that is what is coming in the Palashutri also, saying that by hearing this, he comes out of his attachment. So it is all about renunciation. So if you see, it is Sanyasa Marga. So some of the yes, things that is being said, no, sometimes when you reflect, you know, you, you wonder, hey, what is, you know, this one, but maybe some of us will, you know, once you finish Grihasa, Vanas Prasad, and Sanyasa is coming our way somewhere, <laughs> we'll need to also prepare ourselves mentally to this, you know. Yeah, VP, sorry, uh, you were saying something. Yeah, no, this is, was wonderful. Uh, I have actually last year uh, read uh, Bhagavatam, but the way you just narrated all these stories is, is just amazing. Like reading it in the pages, which I'm sure uh, Vidya will get to now, as she was saying. Uh, but listening to you was just very, 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 very 
uh, yes. fulfilling in many ways. Uh, I was going to ask you to, uh, you know, share the lectures of the Swamiji you mentioned, who has covered it in six lectures. Would love to hear yeah. uh, his description as well. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. And, thank you. And Subhu, one more request. We are going to impose this on you. One slide, you have to do one narration, please. Oh, so I didn't get you. The narration Sorry. is just amazing, beautiful. Oh, okay. Hey, thank you. Thank you. you so, so you're saying that I should do now, or what are you saying? No, I no, get no, no. Like, ah. like in your future presentations, every one slide you have to do at least one narration, like one one shloka narration or a yeah. verse narration or singing something. Thank you. Yeah. Genuine compliment. Amazing narrations. Beautiful yeah. shlokas. Thank you. All right. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. And, so, yeah, thank thanks you, everyone, everyone yeah. for uh, spending the extra 35 minutes than what we scheduled. With that, we will conclude with our concluding prayer. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukhinaha Sarve Santu Niramaya Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Makas Chiddukha Bhagabhavet Om Shanti 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 Shri Guru Bhyonamaha Harihi Om Thank you. Yeah. Hari Om. That's all. Hari Om. Hari Om. Thank you.